0: All right guys, here we go, Nordy's podcast. We finish our Sherlock rewatch. We have all kinds of news. We will tell you every show and every movie that you guys need to be watching. Here we go, Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing?
1: Very excited to be here, man.
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing great because we are potting together. I uh, thought the weather was getting nice until we got a snowstorm, but that's okay because we are going to melt all the snow with our hot takes.
2: As always, that's, What a service we provide. Seriously.
0: Here in Minnesota, the snow melting hot takes of the Nordy's podcast are here and you can get the Nordys podcast directly to your phone or device each and every week for free. Go find it wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Also, uh, please give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordys Podcast, where the memes are flowing, the hot takes are coming in hot, and uh, if you can spread the word about Nordys Podcast by either sharing our accounts, sharing the podcast, telling a friend, doing whatever, and uh, taking advantage of the 2021 deal. Free podcast twice a week. Nothing you have to do except uh, be our friend, be a positive listener, maybe uh, participate a little bit.
2: So you know how you don't mention Facebook anymore, and that's good, right? So I was on like a score North or something, and I made some comment as the podcast about Kirk Cousins, how you know he has a high completion percentage because he doesn't throw it, you know, he just gets sacked if it's not like a perfect pocket or some bullshit. I got killed, and I made our podcast look really bad. Everybody was coming in being like, you must not watch a lot, huh? Will you call yourself a sports podcast and shit? It was bad. Oh, no. So <laughs> I'm either not going to comment on that stuff, <laughs> and I had to go and write the guy back and be like, on the comment, be like, I do have to admit, I'm not the sports guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I will stick to the memes on Instagram, and uh, we'll stop mixing it up with actual sports people on on Facebook.
1: See, that's how I feel every time I go to post a meme on our Insta account. I, like, I run it through you. I'm like, Jimbo, does this seem like it would be funny? And you're like, hell yeah. Go, go, go. You're like, yeah.
0: So that's uh, I I feel your pain, my friend. I feel it. Yep. Well, we're good. We'll survive. See, the only memes I really see are the ones that you post.
2: Yeah, I mean, I post 99% of them, but when Ryan sneaks in there, or Eric, you go to like a hot spot, man, and you drop like the bbzdo burger on us. I mean, you got to love that too. You need that stuff. All right, guys. So uh,
0: we have lots to talk about today, but before we do that, we are drinking some beers. What are you guys drinking at home today?
2: Dude, I am at Fair State Fair drinking um, Double Strata, which is just a big ass IPA, really, really tasty, tons of flavor. It's like 8-something percent, and I have a whole crawler of it, so I'll probably be drinking it for our next pod, too.
1: Excellent. I love the uh, the accidental slip where you said fair straight because you were thinking Strata at yep. the same time.
2: Yeah, you know me. <laughs>
1: um, so <clears throat> I'm at Falling Knife. I happen Ooh. to pick up a nice little four-pack of the Academy of Doom which is very ominous sounding, but it's a very nice New England IPA and it's delicious. Um, Kind of a little bit old school, but also like very drinkable, very approachable. And Eric, I think you might love this can. It's got the four like head, uh, what do you call them? Like masks that like Mexican wrestlers wear Mm
3: -hmm.
1: in the ring. And so you get four different, huh? Well Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre. Yeah, that, that, uh, and you get four different. Uh, stickers that you can like put on your headboard or
2: something, like wherever you put stickers. Yeah, I don't know where to put stickers, but I do like the cans.
0: Okay, guys, I am drinking one of the new up and coming beers. It's not necessarily a beer that we drink a lot because we like to stick to the Twin Cities, um, but this is coming from Wanaki, Wisconsin, and it's Untitled Art and their collaboration here. Um, it is uh, Berliner Weiss uh, Ale. Brewed with mango, coconut, cinnamon, Mm -hmm. brown sugar, and milk sugar with Drecker, And this is their mango, coconut, sticky sour. Okay. Uh, This is a giant beer. It's only 6%, but it's an absolutely... uh, It kind of tastes like if you took like a Belgian waffle and then you covered it in fruit and whipped cream and then you put it in a blender and it just magically turned into beer. That's what it tastes like.
2: It sounds like a splitter.
0: Would be a great beer to have like one can of uh, <laughs> is and like it, is, it, is it pretty sweet it's, it's very sweet it's good it's delicious it's just it is it's a it's a lot and so gotcha. you know it's it's a it seems like the kind of thing that you should be drinking out of a small glass and sipping it and uh, it's very delicious so I actually really like untitled art I think people should check them out they're working with everybody their cans are really cool their beer is really good Nice. All right, here we go. We're jumping right into Do We Care? And the first thing that we care about is Search Party is renewed for Season 5 on HBO Max. Ryan, you're diving into Search Party. Uh, Jimmy Channels, you watched it already. I watched it on your suggestion. Um, Are you guys excited that there's going to be another season of Search Party on HBO Max?
1: I'll go first since I'm the only guy that's on Season 2 in the group. Uh, Yes, I'm very excited for an additional season um, season one was uh, kind of boring at first and then really hit the ground running and then season two so far has just been like a, just a, a ball of stress in my chest cavity the <laughs> entire time like I it, it's like watching a safety brothers movie
3: yeah right? like
1: uncut uncut gems where you are like oh god this is just everything's going wrong everything's so awkward why are they doing these things? They're they're terrible decisions, one after the other, and but it, weirdly, like in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. Where you you know, like this is all move like like the, the machinations are, are headed towards something, and
2: so that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean I'm psyched. I loved it. I knocked it out. I thought it was kind of a, a perfect ending, and I like when shows stick the landing and don't push too far. And you know, it's a season of television, but they're also what eight episodes and they're like thirty minutes each, you know. So this is not like they've they've gone hours and hours and they're trying to go more. One more season or two more would be good as long as they can nail it. Loved four seasons. I hope that that uh, this next one is, is bomb as well.
0: I already know going. I can't wait. I think you're getting two more seasons and they will call it quits. Um, we'll talk off air. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But if you haven't still so, started watching it, search party. Uh, it's a what? TBS show for the first two seasons, bought by HBO, and the next seasons are all coming out on HBO. Four of them are already out, five coming next year. Uh, I think it's a hot, hot, hot wreck.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a fun show. Very stressful, especially season two, but it's it's damn
3: good.
0: Okay, uh, we also got the last trail. Oh, we all care. Search party. We all care.
3: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. We all care.
0: It's well, funny, guys. We've been doing "Do we care?" for like 300 episodes, and I still, most of the time, forget to say if we care.
1: <laughs> I would say I would say we we get in whether or not we care about 32 percent of the time. Yep. <laughs> I think it's it's just it's just sort of morphed into like if we're talking about it, we kind of care. Um, but yeah. also, the only time we say we don't care is if we bring up something intentionally to say. That
3: shit we sucks. We don't care. About yeah. That we don't again. care about this.
0: That's <laughs> what it when we're planning the episode. We've already decided we don't care. We're going to just pan that.
3: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we got the last trailer for Falcon and the winter soldier coming out on Disney plus, uh, so far getting really positive reviews. Uh, is this show going to be better or worse than WandaVision?
2: I think it's going to be more traditional and that will be good. That will be good. I think we need that. Um, wandavision was weird as hell man weird this is going to be like superhero banter superhero situations superhero problems evil guys are trying to figure out the motivations why are this these you know why why do these this whole group of soldiers like have new powers what's happening there um i'm really looking forward to it dude it's coming out on friday can't wait it looks really good and i think that There's actually going to be some good dynamics and some good chemistry between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Like from the little clips I've seen, they're cracking me up already. So I'm actually getting pretty hype on it.
1: Eric, did you hear that the both of the actors came out and said that they're they're working with an actor that they can't they they have been dying to do so their entire
0: career? Well, no. The only thing he did say what Anthony Mackie honestly did say was there are lots of surprise characters. I'm not buying okay. that. I'm not buying shit from these kids. Yeah. Anymore. There is nothing that they can tell me that I'm going to believe. <laughs> I'm guessing that the cast is the cast and no one is coming into this thing. And that's okay. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Um, one thing I think so far, that's been a huge plus for me. And it looks to be a plus as we move on to the next few um, movies. I'm sorry. Uh, TV shows here on Disney plus um, characters. Uh, Wanda. Um, I thought was an okay character. I thought by, by, um, Infinity War and Endgame, she was pretty interesting, um, but not a huge character. Um, Vision, I I actually hated Vision. Uh, Bucky, I've never cared about Bucky much. Never cared about Falcon at all. Right. Um, Loki, the next show, have don't really care that much about Loki. I mean, these were characters that I didn't really care about in the MCU. And so far, they're two for two on making me really care about characters. And I'm hoping that's what we get out of this one as well. They push the story forward. They give us some new information. But I leave really caring about um, Bucky and Falcon. And that they're suddenly people who are really important to me. I think giving you the hours of character development is just developing more of their characters into stars. Than just having them as like these per- perimeter players, so I think well, that's and the one then ordered the most.
1: And then think about like the order in which they're going in. Like you, I mean, you you kind of nailed it in that vision was sort of ancillary. Wanda Vision or, or Wanda was like kind of in there, but it didn't really get big in the in the movies until near the end. Um, like you said, you know Falcon. And the Winter Soldier, Uh, you know, Bucky was sort of a mixed bag. Uh, Falcon was just sort of like he glommed on to Captain and he was kind of around every once in a while. And then and then also like very involved in the last two films. And then, like you said, Loki, Loki was also like started off like really hot and everyone really liked him. And then they just sort of kind of phased him out a little bit towards the end of the movies. So I think they're starting with the characters that maybe the audiences didn't love. Initially, mm-hmm. like that were maybe like lukewarm in that reception and trying to give you more reasons to like all of the characters because they didn't get a chance to necessarily tell their entire story in, you know, however many movies uh, because of limited screen time. And so they're, they're really trying to build up like from the bottom up. Right. And say, here's some characters that like, eh, you know, they just it just didn't work that well on the big screen. But in a TV show, it's much more digestible and much more approachable for you know everyday fans, which I think we would be considered.
2: I agree. I totally agree with you guys. Um, I'm psyched on it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's very intentional. They're making us give a shit about characters that we didn't before. And that's, it would be a problem to have characters in your movies that people don't care about. So they're fixing it.
0: I really care. And I'm really excited for Fridays and it, not having a, a Marvel or Star Wars show this week, this last week, um, I missed it, and I think that that means that Disney Plus is winning. <laughs> and speaking of winning for Disney Plus, they announced that they are now over mil one hundred million. Um, one, I'm sorry, yeah, hundred million, a hundred million subscribers worldwide for Disney Plus, which is an absurd number. Um, I am really. You know, they're, they're talking about raising it by $3. That's that's what, $300 million a month that they would make?
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: More just by the, the raise, yeah.
0: Yeah. So if they raise it by $3, they're making $300 million a month.
2: That's crazy. Addis-
0: additional.
1: Yeah. And I think that as a consumer of their service and liking what they've put out so far, I'm happy to pay an additional $3. Per month, uh, so whatever, thirty six bucks a year, in order to continue to consume banger content that they've yeah. been putting
0: out so far. Not me. I would have. I would have been willing to pay five extra dollars if Magneto would have showed up. <laughs> 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 no, honestly, um, think about it. If they if they raise the price from seven dollars to ten dollars, that would make over three point six billion dollars more in a year for them. The content we are going to get is going to be great because they are making they're making over twelve billion dollars a year if they do that.
2: That's crazy! So Insane.
0: This is their new money maker. You're going to get all of their best efforts put in this, and I can't wait.
1: How long is yeah. it? Just just talking about that number. It's been out for like two and a half years. No, it's only been out for a year and a half. Came out a year in, and a half.
0: Came out. Um, That's right. Twenty nineteen, late twenty nineteen.
1: Okay, so a year and a half, they have like half as many subscribers as Netflix does in 16 months or whatever, 18 months.
0: If you guys had to cancel one of the two services, which would you cancel? Cancel Netflix.
2: Yeah, I would too, dude. Isn't that crazy? Scared must Netflix be? I tell you what, I go on Netflix. I'm not seeing anything that's jumping out at me. They have more stuff. They have, I mean, they have a lot more stuff. But these premiere shows, you can't miss them
0: they have so many bad things. Yeah. And like the problem,
2: and that's the problem. The problem is like filtering
1: through all the crap that they have on there to find like the, one you know, based on their like algorithms and all the stuff they want you to watch, like finding like a queen's gambit. If it's not in like the top, you know, 10 trending or whatever, you're never going to find something that's good unless like something comes out in an article and then it kind of goes viral a little bit. But Mm -hmm. like, just to, just to, comb through all the garbage that they have on there is a chore and then like most people you get to the bottom and you're like fuck this I'm going over to HBO or I'm going over you know and you go somewhere else
3: mm-hmm.
0: I mean what are the biggest Netflix shows
2: Stranger well, Things there's some stuff they're really proud of that don't that not a, pe- a lot of people watch like they're psyched in the crown it wins a ton of shit um, I tr- I'm trying to watch season 4 of it like I skipped I stopped watching Midway Through 2 it's really boring. It's beautiful. It's a beautifully well acted, well written show. It's boring. I'm not going to watch what it.
0: The part where they um, don't want black people as part of the royal family.
2: Yeah, that'll be next season. I'm sure. <laughs> um, um, no, yeah. No, so yeah, but I mean, you know, Stranger Things will be a big deal. I think when that drops, we'll all be like, "But you know what? You can get it a month at a time. You know, you could sign up for it, activate your account, knock out Stranger Things, and deactivate it if people cared enough."
0: Um, All right. So moving on to uh, other things on Netflix, though, they did. It is official now that uh, the live action Cowboy Bebop uh, is finished and and should be coming out in the near future.
2: Yeah, it might suck. I mean, it's got it's a really cool IP. Like the characters are great. Like the world is awesome. It's kind of like it's like a whole bunch of Han Solos. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like a whole crew. If everybody was Han Solo. Um, it'll be fun. You know, I wonder what it's going to be rated. If it's rated R, I'm more into it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I care a little bit. Um, all
0: right, so in, sorry, go ahead. I was say, I don't care at all. Cowboy Bebop, I'm only <laughs> going to care if Jimmy Channels like tells me to.
2: You guys don't have to care until I watch it first. That's the service I provide. So this isn't my, this is some bullshit news to me. Um, Avatar
0: officially tops Endgame as the most highest-grossing film ever because they re-released it in China so that they could pass
2: Endgame.
3: Yeah, boo!
2: This is some bullshit. It's a it's a, it's a move. Endgame will probably do it in next summer. They'll try, probably try to jump back up over. Yeah, James Cameron, man. Well, it's more the studio, I, I suppose. And it, what is that? Is that Paramount Studio? They don't have a lot going for them, so that's right. funny, though.
0: So we did get the uh, final trailer of the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Uh, it's coming out this week, which we'll be watching that for sure. Um, that? Getting good reviews so far.
2: Yeah, a little bit mixed. It's a, it's at about 73% fresh, which isn't super-duper good. Um, I think a lot of the reviewers that have given it favorable Reviews so far are like, they know how, how excited people are and they know people are searching out articles that feature these good tweets. And so I know that they're painting this more positively. It is four hours. Um, people are saying it's it's epic. It makes more sense than before. Um, you, you may care about the characters more, which I'm sure is true. I mean, the original Justice League is like almost unwatchable. So... I mean, I'm excited. I just am still still reserved with my uh, expectations.
1: No, that's fair. And I think the the last trailer is the best trailer DC has ever put out for anything DC superhero related.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I thought the, the music was on point. I thought the way they framed the narrative was great. I'm excited for it. I have low expectations in terms of story acting delivery all of that stuff I, like I, i'm not expecting this to be like oscar worthy performances by gal mm-hmm. gadot and jason momoa like i i just it to not suck as bad as the first one
3: mm-hmm.
1: and anything beyond that is a
2: win for me right i mean what would you guys pay to watch this 20 bucks oh 10 absolutely guys yeah, for sure i wouldn't i don't think i would I the, think that the, I would wait. I would wait until it was free. The game oh, is it's five bucks an hour.
1: Five bucks an hour. Come
0: on. You can do the that. game is Do We Care. And
2: I have to tell you guys, I
0: care so much about this. <laughs> this I is surprising think, for you. I think it is going to be a hot pile of shit, but I still can't wait to watch it. Even if it gets terrible reviews, even if you watch it first and you're like, wow, it's really bad. I will watch it. Every second of it. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah. The, there's nothing that will stop me from watching it. I can't wait. But it's going to be bad. Okay. Dark, I don't,
3: I don't think it's going to be bad.
1: I think. I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be better. It's
0: not going to be great. Yeah.
3: Dark. Yeah, that's Knight probably is
0: fair. Really cool. Like how cool does he look?
3: Who?
0: Dark side. I guess. He looks, looks cool. Like, he looks like um like a dirtier version of Thanos. He Stand was
2: head. he was first, from what I understand. He was he was written first and then they Marvel, you know, had to come up with like a super powerful ultra villain and they kind of modeled Thanos after him. So you know, there's some precedent there. Yeah, I'll watch it. We're all gonna watch it, and then the next day we get to watch Falcon <laughs> and Winter Soldier, so we're gonna have a nice week.
3: Yeah, and wait, are they are NCAA they dropping the
2: whole games.
1: four hours? Are they dropping the whole four hours? Or are they
0: just doing oh, okay.
2: Yeah, they are. Yep.
0: All right, uh, next up, Atlanta is going to Europe for seasons three and four on FX. We love Atlanta on this show. How excited are you guys to see them maybe on tour or maybe on vacation or for whatever reason they're in Europe?
1: I think uh,
0: <laughs> Atlanta
1: is one of those shows of the, it's like the Jesus take the wheel, you know, Jesus take the wheel. I, I'm happy to go wherever you guys want. I, I have full faith in any creative decisions set decisions character decisions that they make Mm
3: -hmm.
1: uh from here on out and i'm i kick back put my hands behind my head and you guys take me on a wonderful journey and i trust them completely
2: i totally agree there's almost nobody that they could hire that i would be like oh that's an awful actor or actress what are they doing you know that they're gonna be great remember cat williams in the opening episode of season two or three with the alligator and shit brilliant it was the best. It was like he was one of the best little characters ever, ever on there, and I didn't even know Cat William c- could act. Maybe he can't. He was just if, so good.
3: If,
1: if Donald Glover was like, "We're going to have Tucker Carlson on for all of season four, I would be like, <laughs> this, is, "This is a brilliant decision. I love this. Like, I yeah. can't wait to see You're what like, they do." Jesus, with take the
2: wheel again, literally. Yeah, this exactly. Thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. No, I'm excited. I. It is interesting choice to go both season three and four, probably on like a Euro. You know, tour, but they'll be, you know, fish out of water stuff. It'll be funny. And then to to piggyback on that, uh, maybe it won't be so long
1: in between seasons. Oh, you it know? definitely won't. Like, yeah, if, it should if be. They're, if they're filming both of them back to back, it could be like 9, 10, 12 months in between each season, which is great. Yes. None of this
2: two year, three year bullshit.
0: All right. We did get announcement that Creed 3 is coming. Did you guys watch Creed 1 or 2?
2: Nope. Yeah, neither did I. We don't care. Ah. Dude, I'm sorry, but the Rocky movies are pretty boring.
3: Ugh.
2: I watched the first one because I had to, because it's like Academy Award winning classic. Stallone wrote it and acted in it. It's insane. Weird story, right? Like you must, you have to see it for the film history. Pretty boring. And from there, they just get kind of sillier, but not more exciting for me. So I don't care. I love
0: sports and I hate almost all sports movies because for whatever reason, the sport never looks realistic and none looks less realistic than boxing in Rocky, where the guys in boxing are constantly blocking and protecting themselves. Not in Rocky. They're just taking unanswered haymakers to the face. They're getting dropped to the mat with shots that would kill a man and they, they get up over and over and over, they're constantly getting up off the mat when the, it would just be stopped. They're just taking so many blows to the face with their hands like in their pockets that it's <laughs> impossible to watch. To me, it's like it's you like right. It's like in a basketball game where like the people are just traveling everywhere and like shooting from half court, and oh, it's, it's brutal. It's, Wait, it's I, the NBA. It's the NBA
1: Jam
2: version of the sport.
1: I mean, realistically, I mean that, that's all it is.
2: Somebody did a play by play breakdown of the, the game at the end of like varsity blues or something.
3: And
2: like don't read it because it will ruin the movie. If there's even anything left to admire about the movie, it makes sense. I don't no want sense. your laugh. Yeah. It's so funny. So yeah, don't care. Um it is cool that our guy, Michael B. Jordan, is is stepping into the director's chair. So I hope it does well and I hope it's good, but only so he can make cool movies in the future that I will watch.
0: Okay, and then um, Netflix announced that they are in the process of testing account uh, verification feature to crack down on password sharing. <coughs> Users who hit the new login screen will need to enter a code sent to the account owner. Boo. Yeah. This is going to kill them with, like, young people. Yeah. Where, like
1: Another, another probably- reason to cancel Netflix.
0: Yeah, they're probably better off letting teenagers just use other people's accounts and then be lifetime Netflix subscribers than they are in, like, cracking down and making it so people can watch their shows.
1: When you think about teenagers, like, they're not using, like, their friend's account. They're using their parent's
2: account. Mm -hmm. Like, who cares? Yeah. No, that's true. Um, I feel like Netflix is one of the only ones I pay for. I get Hulu from my parents. I get HBO from you, Eric. And every once in a while, I'll Venmo you 20 bucks so I don't feel guilty. It probably doesn't cover it.
3: You know what Um, I mean?
2: (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I I already pay for that one. Not going to affect me much. Okay, well,
0: guys, do we care? Yeah, I think I care. I feel like they're assholes. Yeah. But aren't they, like, always, like, Netflix is $100 million in debt, and they don't care. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we a it's time. like amazon we've never made money before oh really hmm okay
0: but, uh, okay all right then why is jeff bezos so that's, rich yeah that's, that's called fancy accounting life? what about his wife though or his ex-wife
2: his I, wife just made a science teacher like the what the third richest man in, in america or something
0: i feel like i missed an opportunity
2: you did But you really did. She wasn't really looking for the history teachers. She
0: wanted a science teacher. All (laughs) All
2: right. um, You feel different. You know what I mean?
0: to uh, Hot wrecks, guys. Jim, you watched Coming to America 2. Now, before I let you talk about it, I didn't really know much about Coming to America until I recently watched the first one and I really enjoyed it. Oh. Was Coming to America
3: 2
2: good? So the cool thing about the first coming to America is it's like a hard R rated movie with Eddie Murphy. Like those are the things we love about them. I mean, he's, he's swearing. It's crazy. It's dirty. Well, this was like a very sanitized movie. This is a PG 13 movie. It's free on Amazon prime. It's not a wreck. You guys, it's not good enough. It has a lot of cool black talent. It is like a showcase for some like young stars A lot of like throwbacks to the original um, inside jokes, all that. But it's just not good enough. It's pretty bad. It's probably like a 65 from me. So I did finish it. I should have quit halfway through if I had known what it was, that it wasn't going to get any better, which of course it's not. But, you know, is Arsenio back? Oh, hell yeah. No, everybody's back. Even James Earl Jones is back. Did they get the soul glow in there? What? Was soul glow? Did they get the soul glow in there? Was he the guy, the preacher guy?
1: Well, no. He, it was the hair product, like the Soul Glow, like uh, mm-hmm. hair product for black people that like yep. made your hair look like wet and shiny.
2: Yeah, I think it probably was. I mean, if there was any kind of thing that was funny in the first one, they tried to run it back in this one. Sure. So let's move on from this one. It's not a wreck, unfortunately. If you'd have to be a super fan of the first one to go to want to go watch it.
0: Or right, another movie you watched was Boss Level. I think this was on Hulu.
2: Boss level. Here's an example of zero expectations. In fact, low expectations and then enjoying the movie. This is a wreck. I'm not going to call it a hot wreck because it's not a great movie, but it's Frank Grillo is cut. This dude is like an action star that never got a chance to be an action star. But here's his big chance on a Hulu movie that came out of nowhere. It's like Groundhog's Day. So he gets to relive these action scenes over and over again. So he gets very good at it. He gets a little farther each time. I love, by the way, Palm Springs, Groundhog Day. That works for me for whatever reason. Like when people are trapped in the same day, I generally enjoy the movie. Um, This was like brutally hard R-rated, kind of funny, but definitely just great scenes over the top. I actually really enjoyed this movie. And what happened to Naomi Watts? Why is she in this? What happened to her career? Is Frank
1: Grillo the dude that was in uh, Avengers? Yeah. like the yeah, okay.
2: Yep. He is dude, he's pretty good in this. He kind of just plays like an asshole, like a tough guy asshole, and that's good enough. Um I liked this movie. I mean it's right, right in his wheelhouse. It's it's just super violent, like hyper violent and fun. I liked it. Uh it's probably like a like an eighty three.
3: Okay. Oh he was
1: uh he was Rumlow. Yes. In the Marvel universe.
3: Yep. All
0: right. uh, What about Cherry? Another movie you watched.
3: Okay.
2: Cherry is another step down. So this is Tom Holland and your guys, Eric, the Russo bros, right? So the Russo brothers, I think they wrote the screenplay for this. It's based off a novel. Dude, this thing is a downer and it doesn't know. It doesn't know what it is. This movie is not very good. Um, Tom Holland is a great young actor, though. Just a quick
1: synopsis, right? He's a former military guy with PTSD.
2: Yep. Kind of like a loser kid that doesn't know what to do. So he goes and joins the military in like, this is like 2002 when it was like hectic as hell. A lot of graphic war stuff. And then he comes back and is a piece of shit. And there's a lot of graphic drug stuff. And then there's bank robbing. And um, the movie, like, presents all these dark things and then they like try to like throw jokes in or something when you're not like in the mood to laugh it doesn't have it doesn't know what tone it should carry at all um not a big fan of this movie tom holland will get he'll will be an oscar winner at some point it's not going to be this movie but he's good not he doesn't he's not good enough (laughs) to try to sit through this like three hour beat you over the head with like dirty gross imagery shit you're just going to want to skip this
1: Jim, what would you say you think the Rotten Tomato score is for
2: Cherry? I think it um, is probably like a 71. Mm, Not even close.
3: Or is it good? Flip
1: flip those numbers.
3: Is it that
2: bad?
1: It's a 37.
2: Wow. Yeah. um, (laughs) That sucks. It's not very good. (laughs) It sucks for Tom. I mean, he poured his heart out in this movie. So
0: a show that I asked Jimmy Channels to watch was HBO Max's It's a Sin. What did you think of the show?
2: All right, man. When you told me to watch this, I was like, okay, so it's a period piece. That's a check against it for me. It's in England, which means that although they're speaking English, I have to watch with subtitles because when it's an English show, like a BBC production and shit, the accents are so crazy thick. Um, And then it's about like – a bunch of gay people getting AIDS and dying. So I'm like, all right, man, I don't know if this is my shit. And I didn't stick with it. I did watch three episodes. It is funny. It's heartwarming. I did care about the characters. Um, it's a good show. I don't think it's for me in the end. Like, I don't think I'm going to keep watching it. If one of you guys were like, dude, it's unbelievable. By the time you get to like episode seven or eight, I would keep watching it, but I haven't had anybody tell me to do that. So I think I'm, I'm bailing. But it's a respectable three, and I would recommend it to anybody really interested in that scene, that scene or the history there. Um, I, there's not my st- shit, but it's good.
0: There's just stories that I'm not really interested in hearing about, um, and it just seems like something uh, that's going to end up being so depressing that, like, I don't know. I think depressing is not always the the most interesting or fun choice to make when uh what you're gonna watch so i I mean
2: at least right away it has like this really fun tone like you know these gay dudes are like living it up in london they don't know anything about aids they are having so much fun they're like you know flicking off authority and being like dude we're here we're queer we're gonna spice it up baby it's all like good fun vibes and then it just gets like oh each episode seems to be a little darker so uh, yeah, I'm probably going to skip on it, but it is a good show. I get the hype, man. Good rec. What
1: do you What do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for season one of It's a Sin?
2: Rotten Tomato scores for TV are pointless, but I'm guessing it's probably strong. It's probably like a 93. 98. Wow. Woo! Yeah. Well, see, that's TV, man. They don't know. It's, it's so weird. Doesn't work on TV.
0: All right. What about uh, Paramount Plus's big show, The Stand?
2: geez i watched all this shit huh <laughs> all right i
0: and uh <laughs> um what's his name
2: james marsden
0: uh, and alexander
2: Skarsgård, and yeah it's like they spent a lot of money on this show this was trying to be their big adaptation from a you know a stephen king book only like one of the only ones i haven't read i haven't read the stand but i think that's because i know like so much about the story already but um yeah, man, this was really good. Like, I was, it's got a really great production value. I was into it. Um, but I only have like the one free episode, so I just watched one. But I think you guys should start watching it too and see what you think because you guys both have Paramount Plus, right? Yeah, so I think I'm going to get Paramount Plus, especially because of the Champions League shit. And I'll keep watching it. Let me know. I mean, are you guys, do you think there's even a chance you put this thing I mean,
3: on? Yeah, it's. it's-
2: is it a good Stephen King adaptation? It's one of his best books. It's considered one of his best books. No, it's understand. like a big post-apocalyptic and I, thing, and it's kind of creepy because yep. it's like COVID nineteen, except for a little bit more deadly. And
3: dude, I
1: watched. I watched the. I used to have the, or I rented the old, uh, the double decker VHS. Yes. From Blockbuster to watch this the this was one of Sand. the more
3: successful
2: miniseries from back in the day that when they did every miniseries they could for Stephen King for a while. Um, this one was one of the better ones, but I hadn't watched that either.
3: Yeah. I, I didn't watch anything else. Did I? Jeez.
0: I've watched a lot of stuff on uh, what was CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. And so I've seen the the stand commercial mm-hmm. like a thousand times. And so, I don't know. I, I was unsure, but this makes me want to check it out. So I think I'll watch it now.
2: Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I'm into it. I want to know what happens next. I know that it's... It's a good pilot, at least, as in, like, it leaves you in a spot where you want to see the second episode, so you want to pay for Paramount Plus to watch it. So, it may all fall apart, but I will I will let you guys know if that happens. All right, and finally, you watched the South Park uh, vaccination special. Finally, finally. Uh, this was what we thought it was. Maybe a little funnier than the first one. The first one, like, I didn't think was very funny at all with, like, the weed stuff, and he has to, like, jizz in the weed Tegrity Farms. Yeah, Tegrity. This one was like 13% funnier than the last one. Still probably not worth watching. Wow. Yeah. You're breaking
1: Eric's heart. I'm sorry.
2: We'll go watch it yourself. Let me know what you think. I laughed a couple times. All right, so let's move
0: on. We, we you know, a lot of things, a lot of wrecks, a lot of things to care about. But one of the big things this week was the Oscar noms dropped. Uh, Jimmy, what can you tell us about Oscar this year?
2: All right, so I think I'm gonna. I think each year I care a little less about the Oscars. What do you guys think? It's always movies that like I just don't have any business really watching. Normally, like there was a time like in 2008 or nine or something. There was like ten banger movies on there, and like you know, Christopher Nolan movies are up for it. It was just like a big deal. And now I'm just like, dude. These are movies that most people aren't gonna watch or have any interest in watching. Yeah, they they they've definitely
1: moved away from including, you know, like you always talk about how we're uh, snobby TV popular movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the the Academy has decided that popular movies no longer qualify for any no- Oscar nominee. And, and I think that all started with like the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Mm-hmm. When when that cleaned up, um, at the awards they're like, "Well, we can't, we can't have these big budget films." You know, we get and so now now you get like three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, as like one of the hot. Oh, such a great movie! It's so stupid and boring.
2: Um, <laughs> is, I did watch like, that, and it was boring. And Frances and, McDormand is is in it, is like literally playing the same character again. She's back with Nomad Land. I'll run through them quick. All right. Yeah, so the father. I have no idea what this one's about. Um, it's got Olivia Coleman, so you know it's gonna be nominated. Mank, the, the Fincher movie that's in black and white on Netflix. I tried to watch it. I watched like twenty minutes of it. And I was like, nope, this is boring as hell, dude. Uh, Nomad Land. I turned that off after probably fifty minutes. It's pretty good. It's all right. It's on. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Sure. Sound of Metal. This is one that Ryan actually... I quit on it after 10 minutes before it had all this buzz. And then Ryan watched it and told me to go back and finish it, and I did. And it was slow. And I can see why it was nominated, because it is very good. It's just another slow story. Um, Sound of Metal. And then Judas and the Black Messiah. I think that's on HBO Max right now. I probably will watch this at some point. Um, I think the main two black actors, like, is it Daniel Kaluuya and then lake heath statefield i think are both nominated for best supporting actor so probably worth watching and it's
1: got um, matt damon in it too
2: oh can't forget him um minari okay so this is like a foreign language movie with Stephen Yoon. Remember from glenn from walking dead the best part of walking dead oh yeah he's like a big deal now he's making like art art house movies that are kicking ass so um, well and
1: let's just not forget oh, we'll get to the we'll get to the categories after that sorry
2: yeah, I don't even have I don't even have notes on all of them. I think we'll just run through these. Uh, Promising young woman. I heard this one is like maybe the most fun out of them. I'm gonna try to watch this one at some point. It's not free yet. It's still twenty bucks. And then the trial of Sh- the Chicago Seven, which I think all of us watched. Uh, another period piece, um, kind of about what was it like? Rights. I can't remember what the hell they were protest. What was it, Ryan? You watched well, this? It
1: one. was the. It was the like the dnc protests and they were they all got arrested um for there was some like uprising that happened and they got blamed for it i mean it couldn't have been more apropos for what's going on in today's society um sasha baron cohen was fantastic yeah um it's got just gordon levitt like it's a pretty solid cast i don't know if it's an
2: oscar worthy film but
3: I didn't think Um, so either. I mean, I thought it was like a pretty good writing, maybe
2: like a screenplay. Um, But anyways, I mean, that's our eight. That's it. And these are movies that are pretty niche, man. So nobody has watched.
1: I guarantee you, if you ask anybody, very few people have watched Nomadland, Promising Woman. Maybe a lot of people watched Trial of Chicago 7 because it was a Netflix produced movie and they had it at the top of their trending list. Mm -hmm. So maybe people threw it on. No, no Judas and the Black Messiah. Very polarizing film. Uh, Mank is black and white. Nobody watched that. Sound of Metal, <laughs> maybe have been watched. And The Father. Who the fuck knows who was in that or cares? <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm I'm speaking from like the the everyday person, you know, and maybe I'm a little bit more into movies than most people. But this is preposterous. This list is preposterous.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, so you know, I, I'm not going to go through the the acting noms or anything else there is five directors up and two of them are women, which I think is cool. Um, otherwise I'm just not sure. Riz Ahmed will probably win for best actor, which is cool, but we'll see. I guess I'll do the predictions anyways, because it's fun. But like, I think the days of me watching every single movie and nailing these like 10 for 10, I think are is over. Um, if I do get it right, it's because I've read enough reviews and lists and other people's opinions and formed my own. But Dude, I'm not going to watch all these movies, dude. And then at the same time, um, I don't
1: blame you. Like we we fully support you because, like you said, it used to be movies that were like watchable, and and I don't mean that in a bad way, but to make someone like watch a movie called Mank, and be like, yeah,
2: this is brilliant.
1: It's boring. Yeah. Nobody cares.
2: Like it's another old Hollywood like stroke each other off thing. You yes. Know? Um, it's Oscar bait. Yeah. So, you know, all right. Uh, we'll probably cover it a little bit more and we'll cover the winners and all that, but it's just not going to be like what we used to do for the Oscars anymore.
1: Um, one, a couple other cool things to note on this real quick is that Riz Ahmed is like the first, uh, I forget his nationality.
2: Oh, he's uh, Muslim. I think that was his, that was the thing that uh, the first uh, Muslim,
1: Muslim so American actor, for
2: best lead actor,
1: and then also for Stephen Yen, when y- Yen, uh, yeah. as the first Asian American actor nominated for
2: the best actor category. Yeah. So uh, those are those are cool. Those are very yeah. cool. Yeah, I don't think they're having an exclusivity problem as much as they used to, um, but they're having a who gives a fuck problem. So that's that's a whole different problem.
0: All right, guys. It's going to be so exciting. Those sound like the most exhilarating things, that you know, movies. I'm sure everyone will go to the 24-hour the marathon at the movie theater that you can go to.
2: Dude, they used to well, throw maybe. in, like, like <laughs> used to be pretty exciting watchable movies with, like, one period piece thrown in, like, King's Speech, which was a pretty damn fun movie on its own. And you get through that one, and then the rest were, like, I don't know, bigger stories than this. But I guess that's, that's right. what
1: happens when you have, like, tons of remakes. Uh, yeah, no, no. Hollywood cash grabs. You're right. And <clears throat> the only good like performances come from like indie stuff, like Nomadland.
2: You know what? You're probably. Me right. I mean, you. Yeah, unless somebody makes like a Mad Max, you're just <laughs> probably going to have a bigger split. The divide is moving from art house indie stuff, small stories, low budgets to like giant big superhero epics, and that's like. And you know, do you you think you can tell which side
3: we land on? But
2: still, like you want that middle ground too. You think the academy is watching
1: Endgame? Doubt it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they couldn't care less about that kind of stuff.
0: All right, guys, finally, it's time for what everyone has been waiting for. I know you guys have been, and that is. Love it. It's rewatch. My dear Watson. That's right. It's our Sherlock Holmes rewatch with the Robert Downey Jr. Jude Law, Rachel McAdams, uh, Sherlock series.
1: Who, who directed my these? favorite?
0: Uh, Richie yeah.
1: My favorite part of all of our rewatch segments is the time that Eric says it's that time again. And then he hits play on his phone. And there's a 50-50 chance he's playing the wrong music.
0: Well, the hardest thing is, is like, I don't set it up in advance. Like, while we're doing show, oh, we,
3: know. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, we know.
0: While we're doing the show, I'm like, oh, I should, like, tee up some music. But then I'm yeah. like, oh, damn, I don't know when it comes in. I know it starts really slow. So I just, like, pick around <laughs> and hope it it works out.
1: I love the. There was one like I don't know. It was probably like a couple months ago, and you played it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is for the Matrix." And we're like, "Nah, no, nah, that's. I mean, that might have been in the soundtrack, but that's it not was, the like theme
3: song."
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it was a rap song for Die Hard that had nothing to do with the Die Hard. Movie. Oh yeah yeah it was Die Hard yeah. All right, guys. So uh, we watched Sherlock Holmes the 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 Dark Game the.
2: Game of Shadows. of Shadows. Game, Game of, of Shadows. Shadows. It's been a while, too, because we skipped it last week. So I luckily I have notes because it's been a minute since we've watched this. So
0: I love this series. And we did get word that there is another one in the works, but it is not directed by Guy Ritchie, sadly.
3: Yeah. So the third one weird.
0: is coming out not with Guy Ritchie, which really sucks. Um, but I am ready for more of this series. Now, this one, uh, you get... Right away, um, what is it? A uh, uh, bombing that happens, right? And mm-hmm. then uh, a scene where, man, I don't know. I didn't. It was a little weird. The the him dressed up as like a, an opium addict or something that was supposed to be from seemed a little racist far east. It was it was a little inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But he ends up uh, getting into a fight with some thugs, which was classic uh, Sherlock. <laughs> and then uh, you find out. Um, that the professor Moriarty, who we heard his name at the end of the first movie, um, was mad at, uh, I don't remember Rachel McAdams character's name, um, but was mad with her and she gets tuberculosis and drops dead off screen.
2: Yeah, that was a little weird. I feel like they didn't do her. So I thought he just like knocked her out at the time. And then like later you hear she's dead. And then I'm like, she's probably not, but she was. And I, we never heard I, anything from her again. So that was a little bit of a weird storytelling choice, just to like almost kill her off screen and then just move on. I think her, I don't think she was killed off screen. I think she was killed on screen when she collapsed at the right. Restaurant but I mean, like he heard, it was. I thought he like knocked her out to like abduct her. It just wasn't you know, clear enough. He should have shot think, her like right in the chest or something. I, I, then we I think, got it.
1: I think it was done intentionally because she was like, "Bring me a fresh pot of tea," because I don't trust this one. Yeah, and then that was actually the one that was poisoned. Yeah. And I think that was, that was very intentional to, to say like, she thought she was evading it, but he controls everything
0: all the time. And so yeah. she's dead. Yeah. You just heard her kind of fall. She coughs and puts her hand on the table and then she leaves the screen. And then in the background, you hear her kind of like fall, you think, but that's mm-hmm. the last you see. her. I thought, thought there was
1: like, sorry, I, not to get into semantics. I thought there was like an overhead shot of her laying like face down in the restaurant. Hmm.
0: I don't know.
3: Yeah, and, I think there was.
0: Well,
1: anyways, well,
3: she, way, she gone,
0: which was was wild. I mean, she's the love interest and one of the main characters of the series, and a pretty big actress to die mm-hmm. right away in the second movie. Um, and then you get this whole game that's played and this whole chess theme uh, between Moriarty and Sherlock. And I loved. Oh, Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Before we get that, you get the you get the the bachelor party. Yeah. You get the great bachelor party that Sherlock completely forgot about. You get the event with the fortune teller and Mm -hmm. the um, assassin, the acrobatic assassin, which I thought that whole scene was a lot of fun because of the, the way that the place was set up. He could run, they could run on these balconies and they could have shots from below, which looked really cool. I thought that thing was a whole lot of fun.
2: It was staged almost just like that casino fight in uh, Black Panther.
0: Yes. Yes. It was
2: staged almost the same way.
0: So that was really cool. And then you have uh, him show up to his wedding, um, beat up and and drunk and hung over. And he gets married. They go on their honeymoon. And uh, before the honeymoon, you had the first meeting between Moriarty and Sherlock. And I thought that was a great scene where the two of them were kind of sizing each other up they were trying to figure out everything that they could about each other but they already knew that this was headed for you know violence and destruction for any of this even happened
2: yeah yeah i loved it i loved jared harris um i think most people still a lot of people probably don't know who this guy is but he was so great in chernobyl i think that if anybody saw that they'll at least remember him um totally a sleeper actor. I remember at the time being like, wow, that guy was really great and did such justice to this character. I don't know who he is and I ha- didn't see him again for years after that. So, good casting, he just didn't really blow up from this movie. I think he's just so fantastic and
0: so yeah. evil and so
3: menacing and oh, smart.
0: I love it and just, you know, the the story of like the genius who meets his intellectual match you know, is, is not just Sherlock, but it's so well done in Sherlock and mm-hmm. the battle of wits and and intelligence. And, uh, you know, the pawns that end up being played with the people's loved ones is such a compelling story.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: neither of these two are, are, you know, menacing or violent in their own way, really, but they are so smart that they can just set up devious things for each other, especially mm-hmm. Moriarty to Sherlock. And so, um, I really found myself excited for their rivalry. And then, uh, did you guys like the, the train scene? You know, they, they showed a lot of the train scene, uh, in the lead up to the movie, you know, as a big part of the, the, the trailer, did mm-hmm. the train scene hold up to you guys?
1: I think it did. Um, I'm a big sucker for long winded action set pieces like that
3: yeah
1: um and they they did a really good job of making it seem mostly believable but then also like continuing to pique your interest with like every layer that they sort of uncovered as you know they moved from the inside of the train then to the outside of the train with the explosion um i i thought it was great i thought it was you know the the holmes and Watson interaction in close proximity like that is on-screen gold,
3: mm-hmm. in
1: my opinion. So the more that they get to sort of like play off one another in that type of scenario. And he threw his wife in a freaking river and was like, trust me, she's fine. You know, and like that whole dynamic of them kind of going back and forth. It's like, but you threw her off the train, you know, yeah. like kind of stuff. Like, I thought that was brilliant. Like there, that, that added like some comic relief in a in a very lighthearted way um,
2: for a very serious scenario. I, mm. I, I thought it really held up. Well they brought in, you know, Holmes's brother Mycroft, who is part of the books. He's a he's a, a character. Um, he was always like an inside government man. That was his role in the books, right? And in this, and he was supposed to be kind of funny and eccentric in different ways, different ways than Sherlock is. But they took him to like a fucking 15 with how weird they made Mycroft. I think that was maybe a misstep. Like they just had, his character was like walking up to women naked in his house, like a little much. I mean, pretty silly shit. Um, But I did like that scene. And then I'm wondering when, when Eric, you're going to get to the scene I'm thinking of. That was the best action scene in the movie. Um, One of the best I've seen in a long time, just in general.
0: So they're on the train and they decide that things are going Poorly, and that maybe they need to um, you know go home and he said no 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 this before that they decide they need to go to France I'm sorry first mm-hmm. to go meet with the gypsy camp and they go there and they find out about her brother um, the, the fortune teller's brother and they you know get some of this knowledge about places that they need to go they find some clues about the paper and wine and all these different things and they find their way um, to this uh, place outside of, of Paris, is it? At this point where they have uh, the opera, mm-hmm. and uh, they find these clues. They escape in great fashion, as always, through a secret door with uh, Sherlock using his skills to figure out that it was built recently with blood stains and all kinds of different things, which I thought was great. And then Sherlock makes a rare misstep, where Moriarty yep. is a step ahead of him. Uh, they know that there's going to be a, a, an assassination. And he believes it to be at the opera. He goes there, he gets on stage. And when he looks up into the crowd, Moriarty is sitting in the crowd waiting for him, knowing exactly what he's going to do. They don't make it in time. As a building is blown up, a popular politician is killed. And they figure out that this world-class sniper was the one to do it, who uh, was dishonorably discharged. And we know this to be the uh, British... Assistant: um, assistant to Moriarty, which I thought that guy was pretty good too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I liked how you know Sherlock in the books never makes a mistake. Really, the only time he ever starts to make any mistakes is is in and around Moriarty. He's totally infallible. Every time you think he's fucked and he made a big mistake, ah, well, not actually, because look, I would already thought of this, this, and this. This is what I meant to do, and here I won. Right? Um, here he just said, "I made a I made a mistake." him just saying that was kind of a powerful moment. I thought that was really great. Um, and yeah, and then from there, I don't know, continue on with the synopsis, cause we're getting close. So
0: we get to this tower that is painted by the Gypsy's brother. Um, can't think of his name at the time, but anyways, um, uh, what was his name? Oh gosh, I just had it. But anyways, they, they go to this tower, they figure out where it is and it's like this munitions plant that's run by Moriarty and they sneak in and it's a trap, and uh, they're waiting for Sherlock. They, su- they split up for some reason. Oh, so uh, um, Holmes could send a telegraph. So he goes to the telegraph machine, sending it to leaders around Europe, and Holmes is quickly captured. And then you get one of my favorite scenes in all of movies. I think this is so well done, so creepy, so intense, and that is when um, they're playing this old German opera song, And they have a captive Sherlock. And then out of nowhere, one of the guys from Moriarty takes a huge hook and puts it through his uh, Sherlock's skin underneath his collarbone, which was like one of the most violent things I think I've ever seen in a movie. It was 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 very Game of Thrones. Oh, it was just out of nowhere. And it's obviously excruciatingly painful. Um, And he's lifted off the ground by this hook. And this weird, creepy music is playing. Moriarty is singing opera to the music and dancing with the dangling uh, homes, which I thought was just so disturbing and so perfect. Like, Mm -hmm. absolute pinnacle of this movie. And at the same time, you have this sniper playing a game of cat and mouse with a you know, near hopeless situation for Watson as well, where he's pinned down in a little alley with one of the best snipers in the world waiting for him to move an inch um, so he can be killed as well. And so this situation seemed so dire and like there was no way out. Uh, Eventually he finds this huge, um, you know, gun and shoots down the tower that the sniper's in. It falls on the room where Sherlock is. But right before that, he pulled Moriarty close to whisper a secret to him. And uh, later on, we found out that that was the moment that the whole thing turned uh, in the favor Mm -hmm. of Sherlock. And so that scene was absolutely perfection in this series.
2: Well, and then wasn't it for them fleeing that scene is when the woods, the woods get absolutely blasted up and there's slow motion with the, the splinters flying everywhere. I loved that. It's just as captivating as ever Worth the price of admission right there with that escape scene.
0: The escape scene is great as the military and Moriarty's men are chasing them down using these huge munitions, blowing up trees. And my favorite thing was when they would shoot the big gun and the people were moving in slow motion. But the the round from that flew past them like in a blur just mm-hmm. to show you like how powerful these guns were. People on their side are dying and a very wounded Holmes makes it onto a train um, with a few people escaping. And then, I mean, this is like 1891. Like, you can't just survive a hook going under your collarbone and lifting you off the ground. And so he dies.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eric, Eric, come on. They cleaned it. They sanitized the hook before they
0: put it in. You know, <laughs> very,
1: very clean
0: uh, lead hook. I actually liked, I mean, the fact that he survived is maybe a little iffy, but like, I liked how, much they played up the injury he actually dies on the train but he had prepared Watson with his wedding gift which was some type of adrenaline syringe that uh restarted his heart and brought him so back So
2: yeah they pulp fiction him he pops back up good to go
0: but wounded to go on their last pit stop which was to switzerland to go to this conference where moriarty was being trusted as like a, an expert on international relations. And this was a Europe ready, you know, it was it was ready for someone to light the match that would start the fire. And mm-hmm. these people were all ready to go to war. And Moriarty was there. And we knew that there was going to be an assassination, but we didn't know who was going to assassinate someone. We didn't know how they would be there other than that they were most likely in disguise. And that, uh, you know, these chess pieces um, that each of them had on the board, to find this person or to keep this person discreet um, was a really fun little battle. And it was great that Watson got his turn to kind of use some of these Sherlock skills uh, in the end. Mm -hmm. And while that's all happening, you get the scene that everything had been set up for a battle of, of wit again, between Moriarty and Sherlock as they sit down uh, to play a game of chess and discuss what was happening inside without actually watching what was happening inside. Mm -hmm. and like i love the i love when movies do something where
1: you can't trust anyone on the screen from either side Mm -hmm. right the good guys could be bad the bad guys could be good like you can't and so your constant your eyes are like just constantly like panning the background like who's moving are they looking at the main character you know kind of with a little side glare and then you know that person's aware like i love when there's so much mystery surrounding the next 20 minutes of the movie that you're so captivated by everything that's going on in the scene. Because most of the time you're watching like, okay, we have one person talking to another person or this other person walking through and you're just focusing on this very small part. Like you have very, you know, it's intentional tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. But then when something like this is going on, you're like, anybody could be, suspect you know at this point and i love movies that have that type of um i can't think of the word where like suspense where you don't necessarily know who's bad who's good what machinations are are going on and and i think guy Ritchie did an excellent
2: job of this uh switzerland conference scene so that scene was so cool and when i was watching the movie and they're like, we're going to Switzerland. I knew, I knew what the ending was going to be at that time when I heard that because they literally pulled exactly from the books, literally down to the name of the falls, Reichenbach Falls in Switzerland. It's a real place. Um, in the in the the uh, book, it's actually Arthur Conan Doyle was like he wanted to be a very serious writer. He didn't like writing this pop stuff that was in the newspaper that you know people thought was like the equivalent of Fast and the Furious at the time. So he like wanted to kill off um, Sherlock Holmes. So they set it up absolutely perfectly. It went down just a lot like it did where um, Sherlock realizes the only way to win is to also lose. Right. So, and you know, Moriarty doesn't think that he doesn't take that into account that Sherlock would take that, go that far and take that step. And he does. So they both go off the, the fall. Supposedly he dies. And then Turns out Arthur Conan Doyle didn't have a lot up his sleeve besides that. So two, three years later, return of Sherlock Holmes, he's back. But um in this we got to see that he lived through a pretty creative and clever throwback to earlier in the movie where he had that little breathing machine and we forgot about it. Yeah, the breathing machine from Minecraft. Yep. So he had a little thing of oxygen that I had forgotten about. I maybe you guys did too. And of course now you're like, oh hell yeah, that's brilliant. So He gets to come back. It was awesome. I was waiting for the the third movie that never happened.
0: I love the end with the typing on the typewriter about how Sherlock was the bravest man that Watson knew. The gift comes, or the package comes, and it's the breathing machine comes in the mail. And then Mm -hmm. as Watson leaves the room uh, after he wrote the end, uh, Sherlock was using his camouflage (laughs)
2: <laughs> is urban
0: camouflage the chair and yeah. then he gets up and types just a question mark on the end and then yeah. uh, we get word that the next movie should come out sometime late 21 maybe early 2022 at this point which i can't wait for i'm so excited i think yeah. this series is amazing
1: it was a it was a nine out of ten
0: ending for me uh, yeah. so good i loved it i really hope both moriarty and sherlock make their return in the next movie
2: I do too. There's nobody, there shouldn't be anybody that's a better or bigger villain for Sherlock than Moriarty. So Moriarty, I hope, lives as well.
0: Even if it's just Moriarty, like you, you, he's in the background and you don't know who it is. And then at the end, they reveal themselves to be Moriarty. Like he
2: was in the first one, pulling most of the strings in the first movie.
0: Pulling the strings. So I, that's what I'm hoping for. Can't wait for more of it. And we are going to start a new rewatch. You guys can go on uh, Instagram and vote for which one you guys want us to have. Let us know if there's something that you guys want us to be watching. Uh, I think it's down to Bourne, uh, the Bourne movies with Jason Bourne, uh, the uh, Star Trek movies, the newer ones that came out with, like, Chris Pine, and uh, finally – the Mission Impossible movies. So Mm -hmm. lots of good stuff. Let us know what you guys want us to watch next. All of them, good choices. You guys can watch them with us as always. And guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Thank you guys for listening to your favorite show with your three best friends in the whole entire world. Until next week, actually until next episode, our sportscast is going to be great this week as we discuss the exciting rookies in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, Kirill Kaprizov, and Anthony Edwards. Three phenom rookies that are changing minnesota sports so tune in for that until then thank you guys for listening to the Northeast podcast